What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you are truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we will explore topics from magic to practical step-by-step -step processes and everything in between. There's no place we won't go, nothing too ridiculous or weird, in the quest to live life as grand as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of Opposites Attract. Collectively, they're the summation of Megan's big vision coupled with Suzanne's knack of her details. Partnered in love and in business for the last five years, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. I'm your host, Suzanne, and we've got uh, Megan in the house as the lovely, would you like to be the co-host today, darling? Yes, I don't know. I want to be the, <laughs> you're always the Vanna. I want to be the Vanna today. I know, you can be the Vanna. She is, okay. however, like getting through like a little cold, a little bit of a coughing fit may occur from time to time, but you know, we'll, we don't want to deter to, people honey, from listening. Hmm. You have to understand that when you're in the metaphysical world, you never have a cold or flu again. You're processing. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's processing. I'm, I'm, cur I'm currently processing. <laughs> I'm just releasing. I'm it's just releasing lifetimes. I'm releasing lifetimes worth of energy right now. Releasing some negative energies in her body. She's detoxing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if she is, she's not dying. She sounds like she's dying when she does these coughing things. It's a little disturbing. I So, anyways. Um but welcome, everybody. Um, we're excited about this topic. Um, and, you know, in light of everything that's gone down with the elections, um, you know, we were live on Wednesday morning, the morning after. <laughs> and um, that was fun. That was fun. And we're, um, we're really wanting to talk about how to agree to disagree, really, because that's what we've been seeing a lot on Facebook and really with our clients, too. I've had quite a few clients who have been processing the news of the election and really have been challenged with their family, um, with their friends in actually even having productive conversations. It's really shown up as a lot of separation, hurt feelings and conflicts. And people like, um, I mean, I've had clients who are, you know, fighting with their mom and, you know, my, I was uh, at a sister's retreat this weekend and I had family members who, you know, I didn't know. I mean, I thought maybe they would have um, voted for Trump. And of course, I don't, I didn't really vote for Trump. And so it was really interesting to have the opportunity to have those conversations with family members. And political conversations in the past in our family has created big, big conflict. And so um, it's been a really cool thing for me to, in this last week, not only go through my own process about how to agree to disagree, um, but also to um, mentor and coach my clients to also do that. So we thought that this this particular topic was timely. 
right, babe? <laughs> right, sweet. That's us. We're on the cu- we're always on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, really we are, are on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Feel free to come into the chat room if you're listening to this live. We would love for you to be a part of the party and you can that's the easiest way to ask questions. So you can just go to adazen.fm and click the chat button and come into the chat room. We have our producers, lovely Keisha and Rock and Rhonda, who are always so amazing and um helping us out in the chat room as well. So um please do that. Please, please. So, mm-hmm. let's start talking about this right now. Because, you know, one of the things that occurred to me is that if I can't, um, I can't keep that accent. It just left. It's, <laughs> it started and then it left. Damn it. So, any noodle. The thing that I always find really fascinating is that, like, everybody wants to change the world And everybody wants to, well, not everybody, but like a lot of people who are, you know, into metaphysics and consciousness and spirituality and everything. It's like, let's make it a better world. But it's like, where does that begin? Where does that start? And it starts with us individually. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I always have always, and I think maybe it's because I grew up in a home that there was a lot of disparity between what was being taught and what was actually happening that I always thought it was like, that's so weird. You're teaching love everybody and you're throwing somebody out of a window right now. Like I, (laughs) that does not, that does not feel like love to me. But like, you know, (laughs) we talk about ending wars, but we don't, but we don't actually work on the conflict within ourselves and in our own relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't actually know what, what is, what are the tools to do that? Because if we can learn how to let go of being right, right, Mm -hmm. then um, we can actually create a space where you can have hard conversations. You can have, you can actually find the and in almost every situation, if not every situation. But the need to be right will kill that dead. It will kill you dead. And it will Mm -hmm. kill your relationships dead. And something that... um, that my mentors gave, Katie Hendricks, used to say all the time, is you can be right, in in particular with relationship, you can be right or you can be happy. And that really, there really isn't a lot of, like, um, crossover there. Like, every now and again, you get to be right and happy. But when you notice that as you're doing your right dance, your partner's over there, like, just separating from you because you're so annoying because you're doing your right dance, then that happiness the happiness factor kind of leaves after a few seconds. And so it and what that does is it create no matter what, if you need to be right, even if you actually are right, okay, it creates mm-hmm. separation. Period. And one of the things like you were talking about Trump, one of the things that people hate about Trump is he's a separatist, he's a segregist, he's a racist. Right, and so we hate that about well, him. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, there are some people who would not agree with that. So, are you trying oh. to be right? <laughs> oh, that's one of those. That's one of those things, right? It's like, okay, he wants to build a wall between us and Mexico. All right, all right. Just okay. My point, interesting point of view, is that a lot of people have the interesting point of view that. You know, and so, you know, it's like, 
were so many people are against Trump for that reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you hear of somebody getting pulled out of their truck and punched out because they voted for Trump. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that doesn't make any sense. That's that people getting thrown out the window <laughs> analogy I made earlier, right? It's like, something, mm-hmm. something doesn't bridge there, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, and what we're talking about today is how do you really get out of the need to be right? And I want to, I know I'm kind of talking a bit, but I want to kind of set this up because I want people to get that. I don't want you to judge yourself for your need to be right because almost all of us have some area, some place where we just got to be right. And one of the reasons why that's so strong in us as human beings is for thousands of years being right in part um, ensured survival. Like back in the days when, you know, we we were uh, hunter-gatherers, we had to know what things were poisonous and what things weren't. We had Mm -hmm. to... We had to be pretty clear about being right to actually live and to not be killed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like to to know where the danger spots were and things like that. So for thousands of years, the need to be right was connected to survival. And we don't have those levels of survival anymore for most of us, most of us listening to this show. And so... Mm -hmm. This this energy, this survival energy is so strong in us, so we make up shit to need to be right about, right? Because it's just this overactive part of our of our biology now. And so it has to be, I want people to really just actually open into some curiosity about where do you need to be right and what is that actually really about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that while you're quiet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the exercise. Oh, good girl. What a good student you are. Uh, I, it's really, it's just such an interesting thing. I mean, even Odd in the chat room was like, what? I'm not right? And I was like, I had this thought of like, oh, uh, don't make yourself wrong for wanting to be right. <laughs> You know, you could just go, you could just go, right? You could just go around and around and around with this wrong and right stuff, you know? So it's interesting, Uh even the, even you talking about like Trump and he's this and he's that, you know, which is like, there's this evidence to say that he's this and he's that, but it's like, that's your interesting point of view. And there's a lot of people who would say that was not right, you know, and yet, so we all have this, we all have this way of like what we are the evidence to prove what we believe is right. And then we, we want to be right about that. We, we state it as fact, you know, and it's just kind of a, like you just did. Um, (laughs) Right. But, yeah. Anyway, so we can, we yeah. So everything that this is bringing up and letting down for everybody and everywhere that we're playing out wrong and right, wrong and right in this program, in this programmed reality of polarity, can we uncreate, destroy all of that, please? Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So yeah, it really. The... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like what Keisha says, it goes round and round and round, and it never really gets us anywhere or creates something new or greater or different. And that's so, really what we're about, is creating something new and greater and different. Perfect. That's such a setup for what I was going to say. I'm glad I shut up for a minute. So, um, 
um, the the survival brain, okay, your croc brain, that part of you that the fight or flight, okay, that thinks um, that part of your system, that part of your biology, thinks in black and white. It thinks in right and wrong, good, bad. And the reason is, is that when you're truly in a survival situation, to have to ponder too many possibilities could mean that you die. And so when our survival energy, the primal energy gets triggered, we go into right-wrong. And in that world, there are really only two options. So you're living in a right-wrong, good-bad reality. Those are your only two options. And that's why, and it feels though, so if wrong means you die, no wonder we scrap for being right. Like that we will, like, you know, fight to the death to be right it, when we are in that survival energy. And as you said, nothing can be created in that space because it inherently is not a creative space. The creative brain or the right brain is not even active when you're in survival. It's actually turned off so that your survival brain can turn on more and so that you can act fast or kill the perpetrator or whatever you got to do or lift the car off the kid. So it's like, um, so something to really get is that if you're in that need to be right or need to be wrong, then you are, you've been triggered into a survival response. And Angie said earlier in the chat room, she says it's been really interesting to see light workers viewing hate. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's one of those things because so many of us wanted to rise above all the fear and hate and just be light and love instead of really owning those places within ourselves. It actually doesn't surprise me because a lot mm -hmm. of light, light workers work in spiritual override. And so there's this sort of duality between who they're being on the love and light. Meanwhile, they're like, <laughs> you know, on the inside. And I think it's important for all of us to realize that we all have that in us. We all have Donald Trump inside of us. It's why it pisses us off. You know, like some part of us that is separate, some part of us that is feeling judgmental, some part of us, um, you know, and, and maybe some of the good qualities. One of the things in his human design, and my friend was sharing with me the other day, his human design is the same as Alexander the Great, and there's not one part of him that cares about other people's judgments. Wow, wouldn't that be cool, right? <laughs> like you know, so there's some there's some other things there that that it's it's reflecting back to us or representing to us, right? But if as long as being right is your priority or not being wrong is your priority, you're going to be subject to living in that world and living in a conflict ridden world. It's really the 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 one thing you've got to take a look at is what if your priority was actually learning? What if your priority was and, and your commitment was actually to always be expanding and learning? What if you made curiosity the priority over right and wrong? What is beyond right that you have not been willing to see or open yourself to? And what is beyond not being wrong that would actually open up creative possibilities beyond your wildest dreams? What is beyond right and wrong, and how do we get back into the creative brain and see what and we can come up with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, and what I'd like to say is that as long as you are in this emotional reaction, then you will not actually be able to see what is beyond right and wrong. 
and what is truly possible. So where you start is with your reaction. And that was really true for us, too. Like, as the election was going down, there was a lot of, like, emotion and a lot of reaction for us. And then, you know, it's about processing that, however you get to process that, being present with it, asking, like, what is this? You know, what is this triggering inside of me? You know, I had a client who her and her boyfriend were at odds in the political conversation, and she ended up calling him a racist, right, (laughs) in that conflict. Um, because he was basically being the devil's advocate for, you know, stuff that was um, going on with Trump. But she was reacting. She was in massive reaction and was taking it personally. And and so from that standpoint, you cannot see what's beyond that. And so it's about really getting present and clear with your own react your own reaction and asking questions and trying on the idea of what if like I love the tool I'm wrong you're right like I've I've lived a whole lifetime really wanting to be right and convinced that I'm right and being the superior asshole of rightness okay like it's been a lifelong mission for me to be right because secretly I believed or I I was scared that I was really coming from a place of wrongness so I had to supersede that fundamental fear of that I'm really just wrong at a, at, at a deep level by that I had to be right all the time. Um, and I'm sure Megan, like, you know, <laughs> Megan was so patient with me for, and has been for so many years. Um, and to, for me to break through that need, that requirement, that actual, that like, It was so big in my world. And one way that I worked through that is by this tool, I'm wrong, you're right. So whenever I felt the most right, the most like, you know, I know I'm right and we're in a conversation or a debate or a conflict, if I could just say, I'm wrong, you're right, I'm wrong, you're right, I'm wrong, you're right. At first, I couldn't even use the words. I couldn't even say those words. Um, and then it became a game. It was really, really fun. And so I would say more than ever before, I'm actually really okay with being wrong, but it's because I actually don't have that fundamental um, wrong thing or that fear of being fundamentally wrong. It's so it's 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 not in my world anymore. Um, and so I love that now it's okay, and it's not about right or wrong. So in my life, there's so often I can be in that place of beyond. Um, But it started, for me, really in earnest with this tool. I'm wrong, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I have a couple of questions for our listeners. What would it mean about you if you were wrong about this? Whatever it is that you're, because that's the thing that's underlying the right is I can't be wrong. Because what does it mean to be wrong in our society? What did it mean to be wrong in your childhood? What did it mean to be wrong in school? What did that mean? And and a lot of times what it meant is being shamed. So, yeah, we're not going to go to wrong if it meant being shamed. Of course we're going to hang on to being right. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what would it mean about you if you were wrong about this? 
And everything that brings up in Let's Down, can we uncreate and destroy it? Right, wrong, good, bad, pot of pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds, or, or just what would it mean about you if you were wrong, right? And you have mm-hmm. to kind of look at what is underneath these two ideas of right and wrong and all the survival energy that's locked up in it. And if we can really get underneath that and start unlocking what's underneath that, then we really can really live just as from curiosity and oh, that's an interesting point of view. They have that point of view and, you know, some of the, the access tools that we teach. But they're, but it's for us, and we talked about this earlier, the tool interesting point of view is super great. And if there's survival energy connected, it's really hard for that tool, for us at least, to um, really start loosening the grip. And so um, herein we proffer our tool is to kind of go a little bit deeper when you can't get off it. When you can't get off your point of view, ask yourself, well, what would it mean about me if I was wrong? And just mm-hmm. and, and ask it and ask it and ask it and ask it until there's nothing there. And clear, mm-hmm. clear, 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 clear. And then we're going to give you some more tools when we come back. Right, honey? we got to go to a break. Yes. Yes, we've got to go to break. So you're listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. And we'll be back for more about I'm Wrong, You're Right. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career. Where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or, Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word, and. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, The worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a boys class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., 
call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to suzannepstoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Megan loves to hum and whistle and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, do voices that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am such a great model for show up as you are that the life is a come as you are party. <gasps> what a great idea for a teleseries. Life is a come is a come as you are party. And I, I think I do that. Like, I really acknowledge that I do that very well. Like, you know, I I have so many things go wrong <laughs> in my impromptu expressions. <laughs> Quote, unquote, wrong. But is it wrong? And what's beyond that? But is that? it wrong? And but what's is it wrong? That? Yes. So before I'm the just going to have we to agree to disagree on, with you on that, Arlene. I'm going to have to agree oh, to disagree. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, so that actually came up in the chat room a little bit earlier, right? Is like how that's kind of also a superior. I'm just going to agree to disagree. I.e., my view is still superior, right? And I freaking love that. Um, Uh And, you know, there's something, um, there's an oldie but a goodie. We're going to talk about a tool that I I learned at my time with the Hendricks called the Openness to Learning Scale. And one of the things that it talks about in there is like if you make – your priority learning, um, then then you can begin to start moving to curiosity under all circumstances. But as long as there's still a priority to being right or not being wrong, then you will pretty much still be subject to living in that conflict-ridden reality, right? And so it's not simply like, okay, like, let me get out of right and wrong. You actually have a fun need to have a fundamental priority or commitment that is about openness to learning. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's like, even like um, uh, in the brain work, right, in brain studies, and it's like the latest study shows that the ability to adapt and learn is far more relevant to success than IQ or any other factor. Studies show that the ability to adapt and learn is far more relevant to success than IQ or any other factor. Um, and what is it to make that priority to curiosity, right? It's like mm-hmm. one of that, one of those priorities means every time you have a reaction about anything, you get curious about that reaction. You get more curious about your reaction than what they are doing or not doing or saying or not saying. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many times where you say something that maybe on one level, like, if I was looking at from outside myself, it, it was kind of an innocuous thing. But I'm like at a 10 in reaction in my body, right? It's like, mm. huh, interesting that she said pass the salt and I want to punch her. Huh. <laughs> I'm very curious about the strong reaction in me because <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you want to punch 
No, sweetie, no. no. I'm just, this is just for the purposes of this learning. Is pretend. <laughs> this is pretend and this is metaphorical so that people can learn. So... <laughs> Speaking of the superior yeah. light worker, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, anyways, yes, um, yeah. So, and we're going to be sharing the openness to learning scale in Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. So, if you are not a part of Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne, you might want to um, get added so that it's a, this is an incredible. Um, it, tool i believe i remember getting it like probably eight nine years ago and it was a game changer for me because i had no idea that i was constantly in reaction and that i really truthfully had a very low openness to learning um and what i love about it is that it goes from negative 10 to zero as far as like your openness to learning that you're going and then when you're once you're at zero that you're actually transitioning from defensiveness to wonder and then you go from plus one to plus ten. So um, when I first was learning this work, I found myself at like negative eight, negative nine, negative ten, which, you know, negative eight is blaming someone or something else for what's happening. Um, nine is attacking or threatening the messenger verbally or otherwise. Like uh, for me, it was verbally. I would get super defensive. Um, and like number seven or negative seven is demanding evidence, right? So I'd be like, well, what's your evidence? And negative 10 is like actually just leaving, like creating an uproar or making an abrupt departure. So there's a lot of times in when I would have big, big reactions that I would be um, in that energy, especially with my partners. You know, um, and, you know, even when I thought that I was, quote, open, it would be at a negative one, which is showing polite interest outwards while inwards clinging to your point of view or rehearsing a rebuttal. So how many times have we seen that on Facebook, you know, in the last week? It's been really curious and fun for me and actually delightful for me to watch all of the exchanges with people around the election because it's like it really has ranged from like this negative one of like showing polite interest, but still clinging to your rightness all the way to explaining, you know, how the other person is wrong or justifying your point of view or like getting silent and like leaving Facebook altogether. Like there has been such a huge outpouring of low openness to learning on Facebook it, with one clear to negative 10. Um, so for the most part, it's actually been quite delightful to watch it. I, I find myself like <laughs> being really curious and chuckling about it, you know, um, and, and, and really recognizing not to make it light for not to, you know, like say that people aren't really in that process, you know, but but to be like, okay, they're processing, they're getting through it, they're figuring it out, they're in their own, you know, moment with this. But like, what what else is possible? And how could you actually transition from defensiveness to curiosity or, or wonder? And like what Megan says, you know, to get curious over furious. Mm -hmm. um, I really... Like, I know you kind of, like, kind of braced over it, but I have always loved this scale so much because it's like 
so many times we actually think we're being open when we're doing a minus one or a minus two. You know, mm-hmm. showing outward plight interest interest while inwardly clinging to your point of view and rehearsing a rebuttal, that is not openness to learning. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing instead of actually being curious. When you're in mm-hmm. curiosity, you're actually in open space, right? Um, mm-hmm. To explain how the person has misperceived the situation is not curious, mm-hmm. right? And so it's kind of those things where we actually think we're being open, but inside, and this is where you want to look, is in your body. If your body is tense or constricted in any way, if you're if you have a lot of circling thoughts, that is a defensive posture, mm-hmm. right? And so what can you do? And one of the things that I super love, again, because some of our points of view, you guys, are connected to deep survival energy. And it's almost like even though you know better, like you can feel and see yourself reacting. It's like I was making fun of the salt thing earlier, right? But like haven't you ever seen yourself overreact and go, wow, this is kind of a big reaction. Look at me. I'm about four and like I shouldn't be I shouldn't be this mad right now, right? And that's a that actually is an indication that there's a there's a survival um aspect of you that has been triggered forward. Mm-hmm. And in that in that like that awareness, the only way really like if you try to do a mental tool at that point, it's not really going to get you anywhere. It's actually going to get you more stuck. Have you ever just tried to push on the gas when you were in deep snow? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that, using an, an intellectual or a mental tool in that, or even sometimes an energetic tool in that moment when your body is in the grip of fight or flight. So one of the mm-hmm. best, most easiest things you can do is breathe in and out your nose for two to three minutes while moving your body a little bit. It will actually shift your nervous system from the fight or flight nervous system over to the... um I would say it's the it's the parasympathetic. I'm I have a client that's a doctor and I keep trying to remember which is which, but I believe the sympathetic is the fight or flight and the parasympathetic is the the you know, the calm like every day, okay, cool, I'm I'm walking to the store, that just normal space of where you have access to all your faculties. if you move, if you actually open your posture and you do some breathing, it can actually you know, kind of pull you out of that reactive state so that you truly can be curious, so that you truly can go, okay, what's happening here? And and what? If, why is this such a big thing for me? Why am I mm-hmm. fighting for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and a really great example of this for me is this weekend I went to a sister's retreat, um, and I had two sister-in-laws, my two sisters, and my mom there, and um, I would say, you know, I definitely am, have different political views than most of my family, different religious views than most of my family. And the, I, the conversation of politics came up, and it was really cool to be able to um, see my where I was, um, you know, on Saturday versus where I was last week on Wednesday. And I had my sister-in-law who said, hey, you know, are you excited about Trump's tax? Um, plan, you know, because I I do taxes. I I'm an accountant um, amidst all the other things that I do, and I had this moment of reaction in me, right? Like of like really like 
you voted for him for your for his tax plan, you know, and and that's what that's what happened in my head. And then it was kind of just like, hmm, cool, all right. Well, I'm noticing this reaction, and um, and then I was it, it was I really was able to go into that place of expressing genuine curiosity about like her beliefs because she's a really independent woman, and and so I was like, I wonder, like, how is it that you know, kind of what what I would my point of view about what Trump represents with regards to women and re- with regards to you know like the evidence that's up with him and sexual assaulting women and all of that. Like, how does she reconcile that in voting for him? You know, and so it was really cool to have an open dialogue about that and to really like see what what is this person? How did they reconcile that, or have they reconciled it, or thought about it, or is this just a difference in values? Um, you know, and so it was really cool to be in that genuinely open, curious space. And it, and it really, um, showed me, opened up my world to what was possible, um, you know, with this and what could, what could be beyond this right and wrong. So that was an actual experience that I had just this weekend that was really powerful really powerful for me. And so I, that's what I love so much about this openness to learning skill is once we work through those reactions, there really can be this place of, of receiving information from others and learning and expanding and opening up to um, places and spaces that we were, you know, not available for prior to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a really great question in the chat room right now, hon. It says, if you're above zero on the openness to learning scale and you are able to feel that the person, people you are about to interact with are below zero, ideas on how to interact. And so for people who are not familiar with the scale, um, just if, if uh, I know we're talking about something that you guys can't see yet because we haven't posted it yet. And by the way, again, if you're listening to this episode much later, just go to Weird on the Air on Files, and you will, it's called the Openness to Learning Scale. But basically what we're talking about is if you're really in an open space and you want to create a space of possibility and someone is in a defensive space, that's what she's asking. How do you play there? And I think mm-hmm. that that's, a, that's kind of it's an amazing question because there's actually a time to not play because you realize mm-hmm. that that person isn't available for anything and you choose that you don't want to play there. So... One of the things you can do is ask questions, and that's the thing that I really want to uh, do some focus around when we return from the break in a minute is that, um, like, hmm, what will create greater here? Is there a possibility for more? And and to just ask that to yourself, right, mm-hmm. in the conversation, see if it feels light or heavy. If there's not a possibility for more or for something greater, then you might want to say, hey, I need to wash my hair now. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Right? Where did that come from? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um and all, but and you want to be really careful though too cuz if you're in the place of I'm open and you're not, there may be a place where you're doing superior and rightness there. And so you want to check that. It's like, okay, <clears throat> like am I actually seeing this person is wrong right now because they're defensive? Right. Mm-hmm. And and really just kind of pod pock yourself. But um, 
And then if there looks like there could be something created that's greater, you might even just ask a few questions of them. It's like, hey, what do you want to create out of this conversation? What What's possible here? Like even like say some of your questions out loud to them and see if there's a possibility if they would like to have a conversation coming from a different place, you know. And so often I find that when people are – like I've been coaching couples for, oh God, probably 18 years now. And what I find is that nine times out of 10, they want the same thing. But, but they're so scared of being made wrong and the, the, the need to be right is so deep that they can't even see that they want the same thing. So one of the things that you can do is like, okay, like what is it that we both desire in this conversation? And maybe it's closer than we think. And that's been so true of you and I, hon. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like there's been so many times where like, and then when we actually talk about it, we actually are closer than we thought to wanting the Mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah, so we'll talk more about this. We've got to go on break. You're listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird, and we'll be back with more tools. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career, where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or? Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 
A2Zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to Suzanne P. Stoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome Hello. back, everybody. <laughs> I never know Hello. if you're actually going to say something or not. I and really I don't, don't know if you are, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. oh, you would think you would think after we uh, doing this radio show out. for we would have figured it out, but we don't, and and we just think that's the cuteness of us. I think and, it you is. know it's like we're never going to be overproduced. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be like just you know not professional, not like perfected, not polished per se, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the beauty. That's the beauty of us. So yeah, I'm really loving the conversation that we were having prior. And thanks, Angie, for that question. Um, and you know what I would say is like there is a place where you know lots of times where I felt like I'm being open and I'm interacting with someone who's not from that place. And it really is helpful for me to just take space. So I know that Megan was like, I'm going to go wash my hair, <laughs> but. but um, for me, the way that I kind of extricate myself from that conversation is I just own that I'm actually not willing to have the conversation in that moment. So I'll say, you know what, I'm actually needing some space around this. I'm not, um, and there's been times where I've said, you know what, you're not open to a conversation, so I'm not going to have this conversation with you, right? And that's not the actual best way <laughs> to to go about that. It's really owning, like, I'm I'm actually unwilling to have this conversation from this place. Let's take a break and take some space and and see what's possible, you know, at a later time. So, um, so that would be a way to extricate, or you could use Megan's, um, uh, I need to go wash my hair. <laughs> there was this coach lady on the radio and she said that would be a really good tool to tell you I have to wash my hair right now. <laughs> uh, oh, exactly. Lordy, 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 yeah. Lordy. So I would love, love, love. Um, actually, I I realize I haven't done my uh, the other side of the process. So, um, and I think you know the truth for me is is that um, if you really make the the two things I really want to get have be really clear about is that you got to make the priority expansion and growth and learning because if that's not the priority. The, the grip of right and wrong will take over. So that's the number one. Like, could you make a commitment to have your life be about learning? Because actually, that's actually what's going to create more success. And in my business um, unmastermind that I'm launching in December, it, it really is like I want to create, help people get to that place where they're surfing change because at no time in history has change occurred so quickly. You, we get more in, new information in one day than our great grandfathers got in their whole lifetime. Like stuff changes quick right now, and the capacity to adapt and learn is the number one skill that people could be learning right now. So just even from a place of personal success and financial success and business success, like the the priority to have learning be your number one um, commitment 
is like one of the most important things we could be learning right now. So number one, would you be willing to make a demand of yourself that curiosity is your priority, that expansion is your priority? Just look and see if you're there. If you're not there, say, okay, well, what percentage of the time could I make that priority? And start where you are. That's the number one thing. The number two thing is to get underneath what right and wrong is for you, to actually go underneath the layers. And earlier in the call, we gave you a tool. It's like uh, the tool was, what would it mean about me if I'm wrong? Or what would it mean about me if I'm wrong about this? And to ask it, ask it, ask it, drill it all the way down. Well, the other side of that, which we didn't talk about, is what would it mean about, what does it mean about you that you're right? What do you love about being right? And what does that mean about you if you're right? And start, when you ask that question, then pawn a pocket. So I'm going to take you guys all through it now. So again, just in general, like what does it mean about you if you're right? Notice what comes up. Everything that brings up and lets down. Can we uncreate and destroy it, please? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pawn a pocket, all nine, boys, shorts, and beyond. What does it mean about you if you're right? Everything that brings up and lets down. Can we uncreate and destroy it? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. What would it mean about you if you're right? Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyond. So that's how you do the process. What does it mean about you if you're wrong? What does it mean about you if you're right? And drill it down until you can start undoing and getting out of that place, which will actually allow you to go to actually really authentically be in that curiosity place. To actually authentically go, huh, I wonder, oh, that's interesting. That person's face is turning red over there. They seem to be getting all worked up. Okay. Because the other part of it is, you guys, if you're in a space where you think you're open and somebody is just in total fight with you, there's probably an energy that they're coming up against in you that is defense, and you're probably doing a little bit of spiritual override. (laughs) Because there has to be something tossing the ball back to them a little bit. So you always want to check you first. You want to check where you're at first. But going down and channeling, drilling down these two ideas and clear, 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 so that you really truly are in a space of curiosity. And and if it, it's like, oh, cool, they're not available right now. All right, I'm going to do, go do something else. But if you're like, that person's so defensive, I have to get out of here right away. You're actually the one being defensive, and that's what they're fighting against. Mm-hmm. Everything is the opposite of what it appears to be. Oh, nothing yes, is the opposite of what it appears to be. <laughs> now, that's an access consciousness tool, and we love that tool because it, they call it the crazy phase, right? Because we get so attached to the weirdest thing sometimes. And by doing that phrase, everything is the opposite of what it appears to be, nothing's the opposite of what it appears to be, and keep saying it until whatever's happening loosens its grip then you can actually see possibilities that maybe you didn't see before. Like, as I started processing the election and everything, I actually realized I had this moment because I could not get it. I did not understand why anybody who had one modicum of consciousness could vote for him, right? I was really pretty right about that. And I started to see, like, oh, my gosh, there is change happening. And it is it is pushing up people's crap that they've never looked at, that they've never cleared, that they've never been honest about. There's a part of me that's really delighting in all the stuff that's going on because people are actually being a little bit more real, (laughs) a little bit more like, yeah, fuck this, you know, and like this energy is coming up. Well, it's got to come up. It's got to be cleared if we're actually truly going to live in a conscious place. 
And I started to just open and see, I started to see things that I couldn't see when I was being right about what was happening. Mm-hmm. Cool, yo, Man, I think we've given them like 30 tools. I know. Oh, boy, we got excited. <laughs> well, you know what, hun? What if, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to this, but I would love to kind of let people know about some things that are happening in our world and, and places they can play and get more support and things like that. But is there something you want to add to the content before we do that? Nope, I think it would be great. Would it be great? It would be great. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, um, uh, number one, next week, uh, we will be doing a, uh, we've already actually recorded next week's show. We did it last night, <laughs> which is like everything's the opposite of what it appears to be. And when you guys <laughs> listen next week, we're going to be in Australia. And uh, mm-hmm. we tried to do Australia live last year at 3 a.m. And it, we didn't, either of us have a brain. So <laughs> we decided not to do that. And it and wasn't so ne- fun. And it was not <laughs> it fun. fun. So. But I have to tell you, having already done next week's show, it's freaking amazing. You want to open up your money flows? You want to open up your receiving? Next week is the show for you, i got to say. Um, uh, and so that will be happening next week for the next couple of weeks. There will be pre-records, which means it will be on live. As usual, They're just the chat room will not be live. But we're going to be posting things and live streams and Weird on Air to keep in contact with you all and, um, and posting pictures of our trips so that you guys can see that. Um, I have a really special event coming up this Saturday, uh, it's New Capacity Open, where I channel the consciousness of money, and I actually have conversations with people about their money and let them know like what's stopping them from money. And that's happening Saturday from 11 to 12.30. I'm going to post the event link on Weird On Air as well as on my uh, Facebook homepage, and that's only $60, so that's super cool. And we have a, ma- a new magic school coming up called The Magic of Chaos starting in January. So start looking for that. And our magic school has been off the charts. And it, nobody wants to stop. So we're going to phase two. And we're super excited about that. Mm-hmm. So look for all of those things. And we'll see you when we see you. And come back next week. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Megan and Suzanne will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. Be sure to tune in for more tips on how to live in the land of and and claim your marvelous, magical life.